What is up? What is going on, my homies? Uh, All In Man Cave Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Haight. Follow me on Twitter at All In Man Cave Pod. Remember to hit me with a Facebook request, Cole Haight, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y, D as in dog, T as in Tom. We got some sports news today, relatively shorter podcast. Uh, The NFL has been slowing down in terms of uh, off-season moves, kind of some in, the more interesting things that are happening right now are taking a dive into uh, some of the players that look good in the combine. Teams are making calls uh, to players that they may or may not be interested in in the draft. Uh, and as we get closer to the draft, which is at the end of this month, about, I don't know, today is April 5th. I believe the draft starts the 28th of April. So we've got about three, a little over three weeks until the draft Uh, So we'll be talking some more NFL recently, but three major things uh, that happened in the sports world that I definitely want to talk about with you guys today. Uh, And the first one is going to be the Masters, the most important golf tournament. Uh, Important, I guess, is a bit bit opinionated, uh, but it is a huge, huge spectrum. Of, of what golf really is and it's definitely different than your average golf with the gut with the boys on any weekend or any weekday uh, going out riding around having a few brews uh, and playing golf the masters is pr- prime it's primp and it's proper and, and don't get me wrong uh, I I'm not the biggest fan of proper etiquette when it comes to literally anything uh, because to be quite honest with you, I'm bold, I'm loud, uh, and I have a bit of a trucker mouth. So it's hard for me to be prime and proper, especially anywhere, uh, of, of, of around what would be a sports spectacle. But, but the masters is exactly that. Uh, they have a very old school mentality when it comes to a country club. Uh, every, Every blade of grass looks perfect. Every bunker looks perfect. Everything on this golf course for the for the week long spectacle that is uh, the Masters, uh, which starts basically it's basically Sunday through Sunday. Although mostly just practice rounds and 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 other things uh, happening. Uh, that are really cool and just practice, to be honest with you. They, they got the the drive, chip, and putt for some of the younger kids out there. Uh, you've got the the ceremonial uh, ceremonial uh, skipping across the pond uh, at number 16, trying to skip the ball uh, about, I don't know, 100, 120 yards across the water uh, and trying to land it on the green. Uh, that's taken up a lot of, of media coverage, especially in the last five to ten years. Uh, but then you've got the actual rounds, and and it's it's based out of uh, Augusta, Georgia. Listen, uh, I love the Masters, uh, and I watch the Masters. Literally, it's it's Masters week, uh, and I will if I'm not currently working or can't get out of work, I will definitely be watching uh, golf Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for sure, uh, especially during the Masters. But this this year's Masters uh, is is taken away. Uh, not really taken away. That's not the right wording I want to use. But th- this Masters is very interesting because not only do we have uh, somebody who will not be in the Masters uh, this year and has been for the last 15 to 20 years, maybe 15 to 20 years is long, but but a little long uh, in terms of, of an estimation. But for, for at least decade, I would say about a decade and a half, maybe a decade, decade and a half, if not longer. Uh, Phil Mickelson will not be playing this year, and Phil Mickelson has been uh, 
a very influential golfer and kind of saw his rise uh, rise to stardom happen when Tiger Woods was in his prime. Uh, Phil and Tiger would battle in tournaments, whether they be major tournaments or uh, just regular season PGA tournaments. Uh, but Phil Mickelson will not be at the Masters. And whether or not he's doing that on his own choice uh, or whether or not he got some inside info, got a phone call and said, you're not wanted here anymore uh, because of his his uh, deal with the, with the Saudi League uh, and starting up an, a rival league and backing that rival league uh, to rival the PGA Tour, which is basically responsible for every penny of his net worth, uh, which is the funniest part of that. Phil Mickelson will not be playing in this Masters, but you know who will be? Tiger freaking Woods. Uh, and we all thought Tiger Woods, if you follow the media at all, and even if you're not a huge golf fan, as an avid sports fan, you would have seen via ESPN uh, what Tiger's been through, uh, especially in the last 14 months. 14 months ago, uh, Tiger Woods was in an extremely devastating car accident in which he got or was basically subject to uh, injuries all over his body. And people thought not only would he not be able to walk again, not only would he not be able to play golf again, but he wasn't going to live and walk out of that car. Uh, and basically the injuries to his legs didn't allow him to walk out of the car, but he was able to get out of the car. Uh, and make a what looks like a full recovery. Tiger Woods the last few days has been uh, hit or miss, uh, depending on what you think uh, you can read between the lines of whether or not he was going to play in the Masters. And eventually he came out and said he's going to give it a go, and he thinks that he can win. Tiger Woods being in this year's Masters tournament is huge for golf. And, and there's not that many players out there that play whatever sport you follow, whatever sport actually exists. There's very few players that go out and actually become bigger than their sport. Uh, and Tiger Woods is definitely considered one of those people. Uh, Michael Jordan would be another one that quickly comes to mind. Uh, a lot of dare, a lot of what Derek Jeter was as a player. Uh, he basically captivated baseball. Uh, it's not the best example in baseball, uh, with a baseball being America's pastime. Kind of hard for one single player to be bigger than that game. Uh, but Tiger Woods, it was at one point. Uh, I guess at multiple points, bigger than the game of golf. He changed everything when it came to how golf was perceived, uh, get the, the fact that he is a man of color, uh, and what he was able to do on the golf course, his upbringing, uh, everything that was Tiger Woods, his downfalls in life, uh, his bad choices, his great choices, his winning uh, his ability to to change the game of golf uh, and modernize it basically for for my generation uh, of of people uh, t between 25 to 35 year olds maybe a little bit older than than that than that gap maybe a little bit younger but Tiger Woods is what golf is about uh, for the modern golfer now don't get me wrong Tiger Woods has done a lot of messed up stuff in his life people make mistakes. I've said on this podcast because I've talked about Tiger Woods uh, a few times, especially on this podcast, but definitely for uh, to people as my friends, avid golfers, I will always respect Tiger Woods, the player, and he will always be my idol as a player. Tiger Woods, the person I don't have as much respect for, uh, but 
what he's been able to overcome the 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 way he was able to overcome it and for him to talk about some of the stuff that's happened to him uh, and kind of dig in and if you do go back and dig into some of the stuff that's come out uh, about his life uh, and what he's gone through his family life his upbringing uh, some of these bad decisions can be can, can be explained uh, and can be basically, I, I don't want to use the word excuses because it's not an excuse, uh, but it gives you the why uh, and maybe kind of like the how of, of how these decisions could have been, could have been made by him, not only uh, in, in his golf life, but also in his professional life. So uh, you see all the things about Tiger Woods playing with his son in the, in the father-son tournament. Uh, Charlie, his son is getting a lot better. His daughter is pretty decent at golf as well, uh, and his family life right now uh, is a little bit hush-hush, uh, considering all of the stuff that's come out about him in recent decade, uh, about all of the somewhat skeptical decisions that he's been making or has made in his life. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of documentaries out there. There's a lot of biographies out there on Tiger Woods. I would recommend highly uh, that that people that don't know that much about Tiger or people that are trying to get into golf or even people uh, that don't consider golf even a sport and dislike it, read some of that material uh, because it gives a lot of background on the influence that is Tiger Woods in the game of golf. And not only was I excited for the Masters to come up this year, but now I'm super excited to watch Tiger Woods come back from multiple leg fractures. His foot was absolutely destroyed. He could barely walk. Uh, he barely got out of that car alive. And for him to have a 15-month turnaround uh, with, with what it took probably in rehab and also in practice based on how many golf balls this man had to hit after he had to fully rehab his legs, fully rehab his walking skills, and, and, and even just the time it took for him to get out of the leg casts that he was in. It, it is so impressive to see professional athletes of any sport come back from, from a, a major injury. Uh, and, and the football ones come to mind first, whether it be the, the Alex Smith injury, the Teddy Bridgewater injury. Uh, there's a lot of players out there that have overcome a lot uh, to still be able to play this game or, or whatever game. I shouldn't say this game, whatever game they do play. Uh, it's impressive to see that turnaround, and it's a great story regardless of the person. Uh, just for a in, for an individual uh, to be able to endure that type of rehab, and then after that rehab, come out and practice to the to the amount of being getting ready for a major tournament, and then to come out and announce that you are you think you're ready and you have you think you have a chance to win that tournament is super impressive. Uh, he's going to be teeing off uh, 10.34 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, 10.34 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. And he's going to be playing with Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman, uh, which are two awesome golfers. Louis Oosthuizen Louis is always a great player. Uh, he's great in in tournaments that are that are major tournaments and bigger tournaments. And Joaquin Neiman's a relatively young player uh, that's looked a lot better as of late. Uh, and, and, and he's been contending in multiple tournaments, especially in the last month, month and a half. So uh, it's going to be a great it's going to be a great group. Uh, it's definitely going to be if you guys any of you guys out there, wherever you watch sports, if you have Hulu Live or ESPN Plus, uh, they have featured groups every week in whatever golf tournament is going on. Uh, they pick a featured group. I think it's like between one and four featured groups. Uh, and they just follow that group all day. I'm really hoping that that ESPN Plus and, and 
and and Hulu Live is smart enough to put Tiger Woods' group in the featured groups uh, because if there is a possible way for me to watch this opening round, I am going to do it. Uh, so going to be interesting, but super excited for, for the Masters to start this, this Thursday. Uh, and it's always great, even if... Even for all the non-golf fans out there, uh, and maybe you just occasionally go to the driving range, or maybe you hate golf, when the Masters starts, spring's right around the corner. Uh, And you can forget about, especially in eastern Pennsylvania, where I'm from, or anywhere on the east coast above Maryland. Uh, It's just uh, April, March and April uh, tend to be... Uh, relatively weird months in terms of weather. Uh, but once you start seeing the Masters, start seeing coverage of it, and then it actually happens, spring's right around the corner. Uh, better weather, better uh, psychologically uh, for your overall your overall life in terms of positivity, to be honest with you. That sounded kind of like it was from a novel, but uh, it's, it's just more positive when the weather's nice. Better mindset, uh, less negativity, and, and, and life just seems better. So I'm super stoked for the Masters, and I encourage you guys all to tune in, uh, especially to watch Tiger Woods and see if he can contend in this year's tournament. But the next thing we're going to cover, and I only have two more, two more uh, giant facts. I guess not giant facts, news headlines. Uh, but the national championship, not the national championship, well, I guess it's kind of like a national championship. The NCAA tournament championship game happened last night. Uh, Kansas defeated the UNC, I guess, North Carolina Tar Heels 72-69. to This game was super hyped up. Uh, and like I mentioned before, uh, we covered a little bit of the Duke, North Carolina uh, in one of my l- most recent podcasts. If you didn't listen to it, go back in the feed and listen to it. But uh, I was supporting Duke in that game. UNC ended up beating Duke uh, to get to the final, uh, which was against Kansas. Uh, but one of their big men, uh, Baycott, uh, this, the big center, a gigantic human, as I like to use to describe players that are just big and physical, uh, Baycott injured himself late in that game uh, to his ankle. That was already not 100%. Uh, so that was definitely a tipping point, especially at towards the end of the game. Uh, but North Carolina could not shoot the basketball. And, and with their center... Uh, whether you have extreme knowledge of basketball as a as a game or if you're relatively uh, amateur in terms of what you know about basketball, if your center uh, is is hurt or dinged up or is not going to be at 100% regardless of what it's for, uh, your shooter's got to be on. And, and they have great and solid shooters on that team, uh, but they only shot 31% of the field, 31% from the field, and they only shot 21% from three-point range. So they did not have a great shooting night. Kansas played a little bit better. Uh, they shot a little bit over 40% from the field, and they were better from from three point range as well. Um, but there weren't real, there wasn't really a guy. Uh, when you typically think about a game, uh, especially a big championship game, you typically have your your top three on each team, regardless of how many people, whether it's the NBA, NCAA, or what have you. You've got your three people you're looking at to make a difference and to score a lot of points, uh, to be your solid point scorer. Uh, There really wasn't much of that in this game. It was a complete, it tried to be, and both teams attempted uh, to make it a team effort. Uh, But but both of them in terms of shooting, uh, which is why the under hit and the over didn't stand a chance in this game. But 
listen, uh, kudos to Kansas, uh, North Carolina fans and the team and whatever the media coverage was, uh, was super hyped after the Duke win. I think they, they basically... Uh, I think they undervalued what Kansas was worth in this game. Uh, and, and with the injury to, to their big man, their center, uh, who is a rebounding machine is an, is, and is able to score at will in the paint, um, they were counting on him to have a huge game, and he did not. Uh, and their shooters didn't shoot well either. Uh, Caleb Love, uh, R.J. Davis, they, they didn't get much help from outside uh, in terms of supplementing the points that Baycott, their big center, was not getting, uh, which is basically which basically was their downfall in this game. So Kansas cut, is, is cutting it down. They're cutting the nets down as the champions of the NCAA tournament. Uh, anybody who bet on Kansas out there earlier in the season, kudos to you. Uh, you always get better odds for future bets especially if it's out of however many teams you had no idea if Kansas was either going to even going to make it to the tournament at the beginning of the season based on the way teams are ranked and basically and how they get into the tournament uh in terms of the 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 seating and whatnot but uh Kansas had a great year uh kudos to Bill Self great great coach uh and, and that's the one thing that you can really take away from this like if you're you're looking at it uh from afar is there wasn't really a coaching mismatch in this game. They both were great coaches. Uh, th- that's one of the things that comes into these championship games where uh, the word outcoached uh, usually enters the conversation uh, after most of these championship games happen and a winner is is crowned. Uh, but I don't think that stood really a chance in it at all uh, or could be used to describe it. I think both these coaches uh, did what they could with what they had. Uh, and I think more of it just depends on who was 100%, who was available. And that seems to be uh, one of the things that really goes into every season in every sport uh, is injuries when they occur and who they occur to. Uh, because it's inevitable that people are going to get injured, but it's not inevitable to know when it's going to happen and at what point. So uh, kudos to Kansas. I wanted to shout them out for sure. Uh, I would have, if I was putting money on it, put North Carolina uh, as the winner if I were to make a bet on it. Uh, not only because Kansas was favored, but I thought that they might be able to shoot better and and pull through. Uh, I did not put a bet on it. I put a bet on the over, which also didn't hit. So either way, I would have lost. But uh, listen, so uh, th- that's that that's it. That that's the end of the college year. Uh, it was a crazy year. Uh, there were some crazy Cinderella stories. There were some huge disappointments, um, but that's in it. Uh, that's in the books. And based on the last few COVID years and all the stuff that's happening in the transfer portal, uh, it, it was good to see a solid tournament uh, with some upsets, but with also some teams that really deserve to be there and and to have success. One more thing I want to bring up, and this is NFL related. Uh, and there's a lot of people talking about this based on where I live. So the the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints uh, with a pretty huge trade to move draft picks around. Uh, so the Eagles and the Saints made a trade. I think it was Sunday. I think it was either Sunday or early Monday. Uh, today's Tuesday, but 
Uh, it was either a day or two ago. Uh, it was re- it was released uh, via ESPN, and I actually saw it on Twitter. But uh, the Eagles and the Saints trade, so th- they're basically trading a bunch of draft picks and moving a bunch of stuff around. So the Saints are going to get the 16th overall pick this year, the 19th overall pick this year, pick and pick 194, which is in the sixth round of this year's draft. Uh, basically, the Saints end up getting another first-round pick. Uh, because they already had one, now they have two. Uh, and the Eagles are going to get 18 uh, in this year's draft, uh, 18th overall, 101, uh, 237, which is in the seventh round. And they're going to get a first-round pick in next year's draft and a second-round pick in 2024's draft. So basically the Eagles slide back, move their picks back, uh, and instead of having three first-round picks this year, they're going to have two. And instead of having one first-round pick next year, they're going to have two. So this move is very interesting, uh, and there's a lot of people I've talked to that are Eagles fans and that follow football asking why on God's green earth would the Eagles not take all three picks that they had at one point before this trade and surround Jalen Hurts with what the weapons that he needs for them to think he will be successful as their franchise quarterback. There's a very simple answer to this question because they don't know if Jalen Hurts is their franchise quarterback. So they basically went from three first-round picks to two. They can still select players uh, anywhere in this draft to try and give Jalen Hurts what they think he needs to be successful so they can make the decision, are we going to go with Jalen Hurts or are we going to move off of him? And this gives them flexibility as well to then see what happens this year. And if Jalen Hurts shits the bed, even getting surrounded by solid talent, then they can easily make the decision to move off of Jalen Hurts. And then they will still have two first-round picks next year, both which they can be used to bundle a package to get a quarterback, or they could select a quarterback at those positions. So it's just it's just more flexibility. And Howie Roseman gets a lot of shit from Eagles fans, and he does make some questionable decisions. And I think his, uh, his tenure in, in Philly should have ended a few years ago. Uh, but listen, I... I I don't hate this move for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Saints, on the other hand, uh, to talk about them real quick, I think that they're trying to get this team uh, under Dennis Allen, and I think they're going to try and go a little bit harder into this season uh, rather than try and rebuild everything. And they've had some departures uh, and they, they had to do some 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 cap some cap casualties, uh, some cuts. They had to move a lot of money around uh, because they were one of the one of the teams this year that had a very high uh, number over the cap before the offseason started. They restructured a lot of contracts. Some players have left. Uh, some players have have stayed and and hung around, uh, but they they haven't really traded and moved much. And and to be quite honest with you, they don't know what they're doing at the quarterback position either. Now, the Taysom Hill thing looks like it's going to be put to rest. It looks like, based on everything that's coming out in the media, that the Saints are going to go away from any reason for ever having Taysom Hill uh, as a starting quarterback, and they're going to move him to a tight end flex position uh, to use him basically as the gadget guy uh, and to be a tight end rather than play quarterback, which I think is the better move. Uh, I've talked about that before, uh, but I'll talk about it again, honestly. Uh, the gadget plays that work for the Saints with Taysom Hill in the game, if he starts the football games, they're no longer gadget plays. 
and or they t- it takes away from what the gadget plays could be. If he plays tight end forever, uh, and you see him on multiple plays in a row, multiple drives in a row, multiple games in a row, uh, at the tight end position, in a flex wide receiver position, or what have you, if you move him to then quarterback and running back, you now have the the art of surprise on your side, and you become less predictable. So I always was in a of a, a fan of that. I didn't see a lot from from Taysom Hill to to assume that he could be a starting quarterback in this league consistently and effectively. And and that's not a crazy statement. And if you guys think it is, I would love to know why you think that's a crazy statement. I have not seen anything from him uh, with it with his consistency in the pocket, hitting targets, his statistics. What he's done at when he's been starting football games, I just don't see enough to give him a, a starting title and then expect him to excel. I think he's in the perfect role he was in when he was a gadget guy. That's his role. He, they, The Saints need to embrace him in that role, and I believe they did so. So, uh, listen, I think that they this both of these teams in this trade made out. Uh, the Eagles getting flexibility in this year's draft and in next year's draft to find out what they need to do with Jalen Hurts because the quarterback is very important uh, to a lot. I would say that your quarterback is your most important asset in, in 80% of these NFL franchises. There's a few that can get by with with average mediocre play uh, and still contend. Uh, your your Ryan Tannehills, uh, possibly your Kirk Cousins, uh, maybe your, I don't know, your, 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 your Zach Wilson, whatever. There's there's mediocre quarterbacks that can work out uh, with a solid defense, with an athletic offense, and, and big playmakers. As long as their the quarterback they currently have that they're using as their quote unquote mediocre fix or mediocre plug-in doesn't make huge mistakes with the football, you can you can be successful that way. There's a less chance of you being successful at a higher clip, but it's very possible. The Eagles don't want to do that, and they want to find out what they have with Jalen Hurts giving him a fair shot because last year Devonte Smith uh, he he was okay but he needs time to 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 be a a receiver that uh, Jalen Hurts can look at, find and hit on a regular basis. He was a rookie. He's an, a younger player. So he had, needs time. He needs time to develop. So let's see what happens after this year at the wide receiver position in terms of what they do at running back, whether they make moves, whether they stay the same. And let's see if Jalen Hurts actually develops and see if he changes uh, his his outlook or, or changes his skill set to try and be more mendable in the NFL. That's what the Eagles need to figure out. And by making this move... Uh, they, they gain a fir- another first-round pick next year. They gain another second-round pick in the following draft. A- and they still have two first-round picks this year with a plethora of picks this year as well. So it's not it's not like they gave up seven picks for a first-round pick next year. I think there's a little bit of an overreaction. Now, overreaction from the Philadelphia media is almost expected at this point. Please look up Philadelphia media on any sort of internet source that you use. The Philadelphia media is ruthless. And and listen, I, there's a lot of media sources that are ruthless. We're just talking about Philadelphia right now. But I think people are going too, too hard on the Eagles right now. I, I don't think they're going too hard on Howie Roseman based on some of the decisions he's made in his tenure as a Philadelphia Eagle. But uh, let's let's just let's just pump the brakes a little bit and and take a step back and think about why people are making the decisions. Tell me the why. 
That's what I always say when people are are telling me information, telling me to do things, telling me whatever needs to be done. If you just tell me to do something and don't tell me the why, I'm not going to buy in. But you can basically get the why out of this statement if you just look at it. Look at it from afar and don't look at it in terms of numbers on a paper. Take a step back and think about what the Eagles are trying to do with Jalen Hurts, with their football team as a whole. And you'll easily recognize that they're trying to have more flexibility and they're trying to have multiple options. When you only have one option in the NFL, you're basically flipping a coin and hoping to God you called the right answer. It's just like the overtime rules. If if you you're able to choose the choose the the answer to the coin toss and you choose right, you look like you look amazing. If you choose wrong, you look like a schmuck. It's it's not that hard to to figure out. It's not that hard to 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 basically uh, divulge from from their decision to make this trade with the Saints. I I don't I don't see a bad part in either of these. Uh, because I think the Saints are trying to make a make a statement that they they want two first round picks this year because they want to make a splash. They want to be a surprise team. They want to be a dark horse. And I think the Eagles want to still try and surround Jalen Hurts with what they think he needs. But if it doesn't work, they want to have a backup plan for next season because their team's not getting disbanded after this year. So they have to consider the future at least a little bit, which is something weird. Uh, considering all the moves these NFL teams are making in recent years, considering every team seems like they're going all in every year. All right, guys, that's all I got for this episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. Remember, I said it earlier, add me on Twitter, uh, follow me on Twitter, at All In Man Cave Pod. Uh, I have all the new episodes I post up on Twitter. Uh, like them, share them. Uh, subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it be Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, plenty of other platforms that this podcast is found. Uh, and remember to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, even people who hate sports, tell them to give me a shot. Uh, so I, I've got people listening. I, I use a podcast software where I can see where people are listening from. And I appreciate all the listeners out there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, whether you've been listening forever, whether you came in mid midlife of the all in man gay podcast, or whether you, uh, this is your first episode you're listening to. Just remember all the sports news in the sports world. We're going to talk about all of it. And I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Uh, we will have an NBA podcast. The NBA playoffs is coming up, or sorry, are coming up relatively soon. Uh, that will happen with a bunch of my few respected friends that I have in terms of the NBA. I'm uh, going to have a few of them on the podcast, and we'll talk NBA. Uh, the U.S. soccer team it is in the World Cup. They've qualified for the World Cup. They got a decent uh, decent draw in terms of the opponents they're going to play in group play. So I know there's a lot of people out there that don't watch soccer, uh, choose to not, but only do when the World Cup's on. I am one of those people. Um, I am trying to dabble into a little bit of soccer, uh, whether it be the Premier League, whether it be uh, French League One, whether it be uh, the, the Bundesliga in Germany, whether it be Ita- Italian soccer, the Serie A, uh, I'm trying to dabble in a bit of that as well. Uh, trying to be a full-rounded sportsman, uh, so to speak, which is the quotation that someone I know gave me. I'm trying to be a well-rounded sportsman. This individual was relatively old, but listen, 
uh, I'm trying to dabble into it. So if if anybody's got anything for me to check out in terms of soccer, what what I can get into football. If you're not from America, uh, but I'm trying to dabble into everything that I possibly can. So watch the Masters. Make sure you do. Keep an eye on the NBA podcast that's going to come out. I don't think it'll be it'll be coming out this week. Probably early next week, uh, right before the playoffs start, so we're closer in terms of seeding. Who's going to play who, so we can take a look at it. Uh, as well as go out there and have some fun. Yo, you only live once, so go out there, have some fun. Uh, do whatever makes you happy, whatever your vice is. I know everybody's got to work. I don't make money currently on this podcast, although I love talking to all of you and I enjoy this a lot. Uh, but we uh, y- y- work enough in our lives. Enjoy what you like because you only live once. And that's going to be the best advice that I could probably give you. So until the next podcast, remember to subscribe, like anywhere you listen to the All In Man Cave podcast. And like I always say, later. later.